Welcome back to Ideas Into Action. My name is Hamza Khan, your host. And I was thinking to myself the other day, what do we call ourselves? What is the name of this community? And the best that I could come up with, and it stuck with me after a while, was Action Faction. Why not? If you love it, if you hate it, let me know. What do you think about describing ourselves as the Action Faction, the faction of action? I'm open to changing this, but of course, you can hit me up on social media. I'm at Hamza K on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. Honestly, I'm everywhere. Um, just look for the nicest beard. That's probably the, the differentiator between myself and the many other Hamza Khans out there. And you know the Hamza Khan that we had on a couple of episodes ago. He's got a great beard as well, just saying. Anyways, our guest today is a kindred spirit, somebody who I found to be deeply inspiring. You know, we were talking for several minutes after we wrapped up today's episode. And uh, I said to her, it's not a matter of if we're going to collaborate, it's going to be a question of when, and we're already working out some potential dates to meet up in person, perhaps here in my new home uh, in Manhattan, in New York. Alicia Robertson is a transformative life coach who helps people navigate massive change. She is the founder and CEO of Lemonade Life, a coaching business and community for women going through major life changes, such as the loss of a loved one, career pivots, midlife uncertainty, divorce, and more. In just the past three years, Alicia has coached over a thousand women and built a community of over 30,000 people. She is a sought after speaker and thought leader who has been featured on SiriusXM, Thrive Global, and the Papaya Podcast. It's Alicia's mission to help empower people to thrive through change and build their best life. We talked about a lot in this episode. We talked about rebounding from a divorce, navigating difficult change such as layoffs or career pivots. Of course, we talked about occupational burnout and living out and through your values, operating with love and kindness and being perfectly imperfect. I hope you have as much fun as I did uh, recording this podcast, chatting with Alicia. I hope you have as much fun listening to this podcast. And I also hope you are just as touched and inspired by Alicia's wisdom, her story, and inspired to turn your own ideas about how to be of service to your community and the world at large into action. Let's go. Okay, Alicia Robertson, I am so excited to chat with you. Welcome to Ideas Into Action. Thank you, Hamza. I am so excited to be here. Oh my goodness. Where do we start? I think we should start all the way at the end. So just imagine, Alicia, for a moment that we are at your Lifetime Achievement Award ceremony. Mm -hmm. We're celebrating a very storied life and career in which you have maximized everything that you're doing now. You have realized your gifts. How would you like to be honored at this Lifetime Achievement Award ceremony? What sort of things would you want the host to say about you as you're walking up the ramp to accept your award? Well, my one guiding word is kindness. Love it. And the thing is this about kindness. It is not really about, you know, being so friendly and that consummate caregiver and supporting role and all the things. It, it is that. But strategically, it's also about being someone who, with that kindness, knew really clearly who they were so that they could impact the world around them in such a meaningful way, an intentional way, and an in-the-moment kind of way. So I hope that in the end, I will have left an impact, a legacy of using what are our greatest talents and our greatest gifts to our maximum potential, right? Not some of the narratives and stigmas and all the things we should be, but that which is truly a way to empower and to serve one another with that responsibility to lift one another up and mm -hmm. out. And, and that's such a, a beautiful sentiment. And it's one that I wholeheartedly agree with. It's something that I'm working on every single day to embody. And there's so many different ways to describe this. I mean, you use kindness, I use compassion. I think we're both saying the same thing. We're operating or trying to operate from a place of love. Mm -hmm. And it's so clear to me to see how this reverberates throughout all of the different parts of your career portfolio. You're an author, you're a speaker, you're a trained life and divorce coach. I'm curious to know, what were some of the major milestones in your career 
that brought you to this specific configuration of career and thought leadership. So mm-hmm. the Alicia Robertson that is on this podcast today, what were some of the major catalysts that brought you here today? Well, I will say, first of all, at a very high level, um, all of the things that we just talked about are so important to me because those also were all the things that depleted me along Mm. the way. So Mm -hmm. along the way, I craved stability in such a way that I really, you know, the compromise was my, my, my meaning, my purpose, my contribution, right? It was about being the good daughter and the good wife and the good worker and checking all the boxes, right? And, and, and really just serving what was the narrative that I was born and raised through and what is, you know, the culture that I'm in. And so it was working great. I had a great deal of success or at least the success that I thought was mm-hmm. the true meaning of success. But lo and behold, I be, started to become further and further away from my true self and my authenticity and who I was and what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. So I still, like I mentioned, I, I still love being kind and a caregiver and a supporter and all of these things, but I no longer do it to a place of burnout or personal right. depletion right. or, you know, this word I hate, you know, selfless selflessness like who the hell wants to be selfless (laughs) you know so but i i came there so i did i checked the boxes i had you know the 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 marriage a great marriage um you know the million dollar family the white picket fences you know the job the career was you know supporting a growing business and i was running hard playing hard doing all the things and so it was really sexy and exciting you manifested the blueprint, it sounds yeah. like. Oh, I did. I mean, I really did. I, I, I've always been a high achiever, you know, on that level of, you know, here's the goals and I'm going to work the goals and right. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Unfortunately, not checking myself along the way. It's that, you know, mm. it's that thing where you fall into doing what you're really good at over what you're really passionate about. And hopefully somewhere along the lines, you, you know, you do both. Merge them together. And something you're really passionate about. But that's really hard. Absolutely. There's so much over here that uh, is, is congruous with, with my own story. I mean, you were saying things and I was getting goosebumps over here. At the beginning, you mentioned there being a compromise in your purpose. Uh, And then you also checked off everything in your to-do list or to-be list only to realize that there were some blind spots by the end. And when I went through occupational burnout, it was very much the same thing. I was doing everything that I thought I should be doing. And again, what I thought I should be doing was informed by the world around me. I was selfless in the process. I didn't know who I was. I was just following through with prescriptions that were given to me by culture, by my bosses, by my father. And by the end, I realized, wow, I'm nothing when none of these identity markers exist. When I've burnt out, when I'm no longer productive in the workplace, when I'm no longer effective as a friend, when I'm no longer connected as a son, who am I at the end of all of this? Now, I'm curious to know on that note, Alicia, talk to us a little bit about purpose and how that was affected by what it is that you went through. And one of the big parts of your story, a catalyst, and you've been very public about this, it's the focus of uh, some of the work that you do as a divorce coach, which is really just helping people navigate change. And that's one major life transition that you can go through. Also, the community that you've built, the book you've written, some of the talks that you do. How was your purpose affected Mm -hmm. specifically by the divorce that you went through? How did that affect your sense of purpose? Yeah, well... As we just talked about all these markers of success, you can imagine now going through separation and divorce was about the biggest failure I could imagine, that Mm. I was not successful as a wife, that I have failed my children, that they're going to be from a broken home, right? I'm the first in my family to be divorced. I have Mm -hmm. zero modeling of this. I was completely gripped with grief and fear all at the same time. And, you know, through this process, as I venture through everything in life was, okay, I have skills. I have, you know, I have experience. I have support. I can work through this 
as I know to work through things, which is with a growth mindset, with a positive attitude, with right. mindfulness, right? That, that although this is the most incredible pain and the most incredible massive change that I've ever been through, I know that I, this is temporary and that I can move through it. So how do I do that? And I started to tap into deeply was all of the business of this, right? Yes. <laughs> In terms of planning reduces anxiety, you know, delegating all the things I knew to do. Okay. But the new stuff was the mindfulness stuff, the sense of awareness, this toolbox for personal success. And quite simply, what had happened is that I stopped living according to my values. Wow. And so when you live according to everyone else's values, you no longer know who you are. Exactly. And when you don't know who you are, you don't know what you want. Right. And you really don't have any sense of courage or bravery to fight for the very thing that you actually want because you're living unaware. Mm-hmm. And so this is where crying through a, you know, very tearful journaling moment. I remember my therapist saying, journal. I said, angry journaling. I'm already angry <laughs> enough at where I am in this moment. I'm ripping papers out of this want, book. <laughs> right? I don't want to do this thing. And I'll do, okay, fine. And so in this moment where I thought I had to, again, forgive other people, right? It was the other people that have done this to me, stuck in this sort of victim you know, mindset, this martyr place when all of a sudden going, no, wait, I am personally accountable and responsible for the life that I am living. And yes, I have given up on my dreams. I have given up on who I am and it's my job to find my way back to who I am. And that was the mission. And so every, and this is the other thing is that this is a, this is an intentional practice that is Every thought, (laughs) every perception, every word, every action, and really building this mental horsepower, right, to be able to make these intentional choices for myself. When I was learning who I was to trust my intuition again. Do I like eating vegetables this way or another way? (laughs) Do I have a whole personal inventory of who am I? Do you know how many Google times I Googled authenticity? Wow. This thing you speak of authenticity. And to learn about it or to relearn it at a stage in your life when you didn't anticipate you would have to relearn it. You thought you had figured it out. That's right. And at that time with massive change, plan or unplanned, um, I was, because I worked with my former partner, I was out of career. So, you know, it's all the things I went from having my cup filled by 60 people a day in an office environment to being at home in isolation. I was a second time new mom going through postpartum anxiety. That was all new, you know, going through separation and divorce. So change sometimes if you leave it long enough will hit you hard eventually. (laughs) It really does. I can't help but see the analogs over here with occupational burnout. In fact, one of the stages of the 12 stage model of burnout includes a revision of values and depersonalization, which sounds like it's also part of this post-divorce, but not just divorce, because there's so many different things that were happening at the same time, Alicia, that were affecting you. And uh, you know, I think that right now, especially three years after the pandemic, people have gone through a whole host of transitions that they didn't anticipate. Are you familiar at all with the Holmes and Ross stress index, Alicia? Yes. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Perfect. Right. Right up there. I think one of the first five is divorce or death of a Number spouse two. included. Number two. There we go. Right. Number two to death of spouse. Number two right? to death of spouse. And, and uh, is where it's got to be. Is it? it? It's it's in the top fifty. Yeah. In fact, I did the inventory this morning and I was like, I'm at a two seventy three. This is not good. I'm approaching that number three hundred. And for the listeners who are unfamiliar with this, if According to the Holmes and Ross Stress Index, if you rack up a score of more than 300 in a calendar year, then you're at severe risk of illness, fatality, or injury. Uh, in other words, you're damn close to burning out. You're redlining. So I was really excited to chat with you today because I know that I'm not alone. You're not alone. There's people who are going through all sorts of transitions right now. Okay, so Alicia, we were briefly interrupted by the yapping of a dog that you were dog sitting right now. And I think that's a very <laughs> apt metaphor for life itself. You know, you get these unexpected things that demand your time, your energy, and your attention. And right now in the tech sector, especially, there's some people who are being affected by sudden unexpected layoffs. What advice would you give them and other people that are going through career changes right now? Mm. So I love this. So um, 
my, my, my first, you know, go to is to hold space and to acknowledge that there's a considerable amount of healing that is needed for so many reasons. But something that um, I've been working with as of late is just this notion of disenfranchised grief. So I don't know if you've heard mm. of this, but no, grief is something, you know, and we were talking about the stress level, right? So again, uh, we are supported very easily when it's death, right? Society knows how to rally around us and to do all the things, but anything short of that, right? Job loss, um, you know, it could be um, empty nesting, you know, children sure. leaving and going away. It could be um, loss Experiencing of a, a dog. financial setbacks, financial you know, setbacks, going broke exactly. or something. Yes. Any this of the transitions on the homes and Ross stress scale, really. Any, right? But the thing is, we don't have a way to be supported through these things. No. People tend to judge them, right? You should be, oh, don't worry about it. You'll you'll bounce back quickly, or mm-hmm. you know, or or maybe you're 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 taking it too hard, or maybe not hard enough. And so, right. as a result, we're further isolated, and then we're yes. further isolated, and then we have more you know opportunity for greater depression, greater anxiety, and we have less support. So, I just want to acknowledge that. Any change, any change is traumatic, it is loss, and, and it is grief. And so we have to be very aware of this, to have compassion with ourselves, to give ourselves times to heal. And healing, yes, is all the things that you reference, right, in terms of autoimmune flare-ups or you know, health and, and, and wellness. But in my opinion, how I approach um, healing is actually as a way to bolster self-worth, Wow! you know, to be able to prioritize yourself maybe for the first time in a long time, because you may have been running hard for this job, right? And for the identity that is, you know, completely, you know, consumed in this job. And so now you're also at an opportunity where you can, through this healing, start to prioritize yourself and start to run that level of awareness in terms of that life inventory, right? Who am I? And what do I love to do? And finding what is that that authenticity, which is where your values match your actions. And again, sort of uncoupling this perhaps notion that your identity might be your job title or your um, ability to earn money or to be a production, you know, a person of production and need recognition by doing these things. And more, what is my contribution to my life and to my family and to the world? What is the purpose that actually allows me to have sustained meaning and value? And then it's just exploring all of these new opportunities for growth and for support networks and connection so that you can really start to have this deep sense of personal awareness. And here's the thing with job loss in particular, you know, many people, it, you mentioned it, finance. It's gonna that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. huge stress and can have a massive impact on the family. Right. And it's similar to when I went through those things as well, but here's the accountability there. We have to be prepared for job loss. We have to be prepared for these massive life changes, sure as the day is long, change and challenge are here to stay. Yeah. And inevitable. so this is our opportunity to course correct and go, okay, wait a second. Am I living, you know, in a lifestyle that I can manage and re- maintain up against job loss, critical illness, right? Whatever these things are. So it's a really, you know, hard place to be in and it has a lot of things, but it is temporary and an opportunity to never find ourselves here again, really. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Um, you know, the only constant about our world these days seems to be constant change. We're living through a period of increasing volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And for most of my life, I felt as though life was happening to me. But now that I'm going through this healing which I love is a prioritization of self, as, as you've said, um, as I'm going through this period of healing, as I'm undergoing my own coaching journey, I'm starting to realize that I can choose to see life happening to me as life happening for me and recognize my agency within all of this. And you have such a beautiful articulation, Alicia, of purpose. If I recall it correctly, it's sustained meaning and value. Am I correct in that understanding of purpose? Yes. yes. 
I'm trying to discover what my own purpose is, as I imagine many of the listeners are trying to discover as well. Could you illuminate us? Could you illuminate for us, Alicia, how it is that you define your purpose? Mm-hmm. What is what is Alicia Robertson's purpose? Right. Um, so, and if I can just, you know, really go simply, you know, in this process of what is my purpose, um, it quite simply can be anything that fills your cup, mm. inspires your energy, like, you know, in terms of having your values, anything that draws you closer to your values, right. And being aware that anything that's depleting you of your energy or drawing you further away from your values, that you're further away from your purpose. So my values, for example, include family, connection, experience. So purpose for me, though I have purpose statements, right, for my family, Mm -hmm. for my partnership, for my business, and those are all meaningful as they give me direction for a vision in terms of my, you know, compass in terms of where I'm going. Personally, I think sustained purpose, sustained meaning is checking yourself in every available moment of every day. And wow. so if I'm able to actually ask myself, what, what day am I going to have, right? What, if I do this, am I getting closer to my values and who I am and who, how I desire to feel? And it quite simply, and I do this with clients all the time, it's sort of this real quick check-in, right? On a scale of zero to 10, where are we at, right? And how do we feel? Okay, I, you know, I'm a five and I feel lethargic. Okay. Where would you like to be? I'd like to be an eight and I'd like to be energized. Great. Establish like a future state. Right. Yeah. What can I do? And just having that extreme intentionality and focus for me, living in your purpose in a sustained way, I believe means that you're making very conscious, time-based in the moment decisions every moment. And I call it living in color. I also have it on my walls Love <laughs> and, it. I, and it's your environment is the most important thing, right? It's natural light. It's, you know, it, it's so many aspects that you can easily, I say easily with effort, bring to your zone of energy every day. Because, and the reason I say that is because um, as someone who is a recovering codependent and workaholic and someone who all, still gets into some burnout tracks, I try sure. to now reassess what balance is for me because I still do like to run hard and play hard, but I need to recover hard as well. But it's, it's that that is in my calendar yes. that time, right? It's like I have it all built in that it is time blocked. I have a great deal of time for personal care and recovery and very specific time to be able to run hard and very specific time for family. So it requires it, that, that effort. And, and, and the effort has gone into designing spaces, your physical space to designing uh, a future version of yourself through your calendar and through your habits that you are moving into, that you are stepping into. I, I love that. And, and, you know, even though I didn't go through a divorce necessarily, I went through a failed engagement. I've, uh, I've had more breakups than I've had successful relationships, but I think that the change process, especially when it's sudden and unexpected, like burnout or like being let go, um, takes away control. And when you lose that control, it's easy to sink back into patterns of being and doing that, uh, held you back. It's easy to sink into depressive states. It's easy to become anxious about the future. And it sounds like the work that you do is really about helping people to take back control of their lives by designing systems, by reconnecting beliefs, by creating spaces that are reminders of who they can become. You help people through your work to rise above challenges, change, conflict. And I love that you call them lemons, which is the essence of the work that you do. Making lemonade out of out of lemons. What are some of the steps involved in taking back control from a situation where you feel powerless? Yeah, I um, there's two sides. The you know I always like to the mindfulness side, and then you know the rubber hits the pavement, the action side. And so um, I and I I call it the mindful change management tool. I I do believe change management. Right, I do believe that when the when the brain learns 
how to do something, then the brain calms down a bit. Yes. So if we can actually learn how to move through change, the brain actually welcomes it. This is what I have found to be in my case. And change, by the way, isn't just the big stuff. It's the little stuff. So I can tell you that I use this tool annually, seasonally, right? What are the changes? Um, I mean, we just went through a whole bunch through a pandemic for sure. But, you know, as you have children, there's different ages and stages. That's always changing. As you have relationships, there's different stages of the relationship. Same with jobs. And I'm sure, you know, in terms of our learning curves and all the things we do changes all around us. So if we can actually get into a place of being ahead of change as much as possible, Mm -hmm. we build up this, you know, really strong strategy to work through it. So for me, it's, it's awareness first. How am I feeling? What's going on? What, what is, what's coming up in the future that might be something I'm going to need to address. Right. And then, right. And then being able to have some acceptance, acceptance, change is good. Change is healthy. Change means we're learning. Change means we're evolving. Change means there's opportunity to, do something differently and in a way that levels up. And then anticipation, right? Anticipating for whatever those changes are and what are they, right? Just what are they? And and what are all the things that are going to be impacted by them or potentially need to be figured out? And then we get into action. And so if we can just have a plan that reduces anxiety and that allows us to be in control, I don't know. I've started to kind of enjoy change now because I look forward to doing this personal inventory and I do it seasonally. I have children. So I have a seven-year-old and 11-year-old. So just by that very fact, (laughs) there's always changes. Constant chaos. Right? Constant. (laughs) So I have to, okay, what is this? And I'm also planning amongst two homes now, not just one. Yep. And the thing is, but we've got other things. We're supporting aging parents, right? We've got friends that are going through a, a lot of different things. So change is always there. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've come to the point where I actually love doing this exercise because we can have fun. Because when you're ahead of it, now you can include all the stakeholders. So with the children, for example, we come around the table. Hey, we've got these things coming up, whether we've never done it that way before, whether we've never ever done it, what matters to you? And if we can at least get to our top three priorities, each of us, usually through some flex and negotiation and planning, everyone can have their top one, mm-hmm. you know? So it starts to become really fun because we're actually carving out what we want this change to look like. I, I love this. And, and as a fellow speaker and author, I'm such a sucker for good alliteration and models. <laughs> the 4A model, acceptance, awareness. I apologize. What was the third one? There was uh, anticipation and action. Anticipation and action. Oh, brilliant. So good. So good. Um, and, and the other and, side and, of that, which I was going to say, is really that mindfulness please. stuff, right? I mean, yes. All of that is, is those are skills and we practice and we've got the formula for sure. But I can tell you that um, my meditation, <laughs> you know, and, and my mental resilience in that space really has helped me to ground through change, to be able to stay very present and not worry about what's in the past and or what's coming up in the future, but to stay uber focused on what I can control right now. This is deeply inspiring because I believe uh, that that the thing that makes us human, the thing that is unique to human beings that might even be our superpower at some level is our adaptability, our ability to change, to overcome difficulty, to triumph, to uh, you know bear adversity and and to emerge on the other side. And it sounds like you have taken, uh, and 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 th- th- this this came up naturally, even without thinking about the business that you run. But you have an uncanny ability to take lemons and make lemonade. So much so that this podcast, I usually send guests the questions in advance. And because I was in the middle of a move, talk about another transition that's adding stress to my life, I wasn't able to send you the questions in advance. But I just had at the back of my mind that Alicia is probably very well prepared for this perhaps even more prepared than I can even comprehend. Uh, You are thriving right now. You are doing so well on this podcast. And I thought that maybe I could dial up the intensity and the difficulty a little more. And let's let's put your change friendliness to the test over here. 
So Alicia, what I'd like to do now is revive a segment from season one of the podcast. Season one of the podcast happened two years ago, and then I went through a bit of burnout and I just had to think about what I wanted to do for season two. And I appreciate you joining this early in the resurgence of the podcast. But what we used to do in season one is a segment where we would ask fun questions that took you off guard a little bit. Uh, we're going to call this tentatively quick time. It's a series of yes or no questions. And some of them might even just require a single idea from you. So whatever comes to mind first, give us that answer. It's going to last five minutes or shorter. And then we'll get right into some specifics about how you design your productivity systems. So Alicia, are you ready to be the first participant in this quick time segment for season two? I'm ready. The last time I did this was with <laughs> online dating. I'm so ready. <laughs> okay, let's go. And you can have as many passes as you would like. Oh, okay. So the first one, formal divorce or informal separation? Formal divorce. Okay. Marriage or common law? Jury is out. I love marriage. Hmm. Marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Mm. Prenup or postnup? Prenup. Okay. I don't even know and what is a postnup. Is that the divorce separation agreement? No, this is after you get married and you draft a prenup, but oh. you, you, you draft it after you tie, uh, tie the knot. Interesting. I have lots of thoughts around that, but prenup is probably best. Okay, I have done neither. I should probably get around to this. <laughs> I'm going to do a postnup, I guess. Yeah, you're postnupping. Um, and the last question that I have related to anything to do with marriage or divorce is a pop culture request that we got from one of our producers here. Will Ben and Jen last? Yes or no? No. <laughs> yes. We were taking bets and, you know, we, we are all on the same page. So I don't think it's going to last. I don't think the, yeah, anyways, this is a quick time segment. We can elaborate <laughs> on that later. All right. Now some other ones. These are going to be some uh, single idea answers that we're going to need from you or single word or phrases. So the most replayed song on your Spotify playlist, Alicia. Oh my gosh. Do you know how terrible I am at names? I would say what's up there right now? Lumineers. Okay. I don't know the name of the song though. All good. We'll take, we'll take a band. <laughs> we'll take an artist. A movie that you think everyone in the world should watch at least once. I'm watching right now because I am in the moment with this stuff. Uh, just like that, which is the, the sex in the, the city, sex in the city. Right. And for those of us going through midlife, it is on point. <laughs> well done. Um, a book that changed your life. Wow. There's so many. Um, you know what? I am going to go with, this sounds really, no, I'm, I'm going to choose this one. The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. I have not read that. That has jumped to the top of my queue. The Universe Has Your Back. What a beautiful name. We're almost there. A quote that you recite most often. Well, I, I shared one with you at the, at the top of this was, you know, perfectly imperfect. And I tend to exist in affirmations and very short one word. And that's how I stay very much in the moment. <laughs> perfectly imperfect. Love that. If we could, we, we, we named these episodes, just the number of the episode and the guest. But if I could name this episode, anything based on the conversation we've had thus far, it would be that. Okay. We're almost at the end. As a fellow author, self-published or traditional publisher? I enjoyed working with a publisher. Me too. Publisher. Yeah. Even though, uh, to quote James Benham, uh, fellow mic drop agency roster mate from a couple of episodes ago, the trade-off for being signed with a traditional publisher is control and pain. So we, we mitigated a lot of pain, but we lost a lot of control in the process. I make more money from my self-published book, but the right. process of writing my second book was so much easier. Well, I have to tell you, I actually came up the middle and worked with a boutique publisher that yes. really helped to have me be able to self-publish with their support. Love that. I didn't have trade-offs. There's a hybrid. Right. It doesn't see, this is, this is beautiful. It doesn't have to be either or. So you, no. you, you, you're inspiring some changes we need to make to the segment. Thank you for playing ball. We're, okay, the last couple of questions for you. Um, passion or purpose? Passion. 
Oh, really? I okay. know, right? After everything I said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let, let's elaborate on that. How do you define, we, we know your definition of purpose. What's your definition of passion? Passion. The thing is this, I would actually say that I find it difficult to unpack the two. I, I really find I, I am a very passionate person. Mm-hmm. I love a stolen moment. I love to get lost in a wonderful conversation about nothing. I, you know, in, you embrace change. I just like, I, I really, really, I find that passion for me is what makes me energized. It's what makes me inspired. It's what drives my sense of purpose. Okay. Interesting. One informing the other. I work with a lot of clients and they say things like I'm stuck. I'm numb. I'm lacking purpose. I don't know who I am or what I want. I, I don't know if I'm ready, these things. And so I think that I could go through a formal exercise for you to map out and give me a sentence that is your purpose or your vision, right? Like that, we, yep. we can work through that on we paper. We can do that, yeah. However, living truly consciously inspired and in passion, I believe is the sustained piece that drives purpose. Ooh, I love that. I'm 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 excited already. I'm gonna have to re-listen to this episode and 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 produce some transcripts over here. You were you, you are on fire, Alicia. This is fantastic. you know the thing is I read a, a book and it was Priya Parker, her book, The Art of Gathering. Priya Parker, The Art of Gathering. Okay. We'll, we'll include this in the show notes, okay? And I loved this notion of like in everything we do, we have an opportunity to do so with purpose. And so she feels that as you're hosting people or as you're facilitating conversation, it's your job to make sure that you are doing so with purpose, that you're connecting people purposely and that, you know, whether it's the conversation, the reason for being there, the impact, what people will take away, all of those things. And I just think that that is the whole point of life, whether it's on our own or in our families is truly that responsibility to live according to who we are, like what our sense of passion is. And that's why I say perfectly imperfectly, because sometimes it's a full hot mess and sometimes it's organized and beautiful and both are me. I always say that with clients, you know, Hey, you're going through massive change and you can feel completely in the dumps. You, your, your self-worth, your confidence can be rocked. But you can also be a wildly capable, resilient, strong, confident person. It doesn't have to be one or the other, right? That's the perfectly imperfect is honoring that we can be both things. And there isn't this sense of obligation to work through things in a time-based, check the boxes, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but just allowing for that sense of awareness and compassion that it's okay for me to be completely have it together and completely a hot mess. It's human. <laughs> and and I would argue that, you know, sometimes the people who have it together are actually, you could, you could perceive them as having it together, but the truth might be that they're stagnant or they're operating from a place of fear and being very defensive and conservative and not actually going through the growth that comes from being in the hot mess category. Right. And I am so well received in my peer group. Sometimes, you know, people don't know what to do with it. I just share what is real. So, you know, not the whole, oh, how are you doing? How's the weather? You know, how are you doing? Actually, I'm having a good deal of anxiety right now because I'm reentering a world where I haven't been around these social environments in a long time. And I actually find it difficult to keep up with all the layers of conversation and people coming at me right now, you know, and, and people will say, what? really, you're such an extrovert. Like some people want to put the judgment or they've got to get to the bottom of why this doesn't make sense. And then other people are very thankful for me letting them know, A, what I need from them in this moment and B, giving them also that opportunity to be a real human with me as well. I, I love that. And I'm so, I'm so grateful for you and the work that you do with this community. And I think it's 30,000 people strong now. Did I read that correctly? Yes, you did. That is incredible. And where do they primarily congregate? Is it a Facebook group, a newsletter? What does the community look like? What shape does uh, it take? All of the above. I, my favorite's Instagram. You know, I'm, yep. I'm fighting the TikTok, you know, thing hard, but I'll Keep get fighting. in there someday. <laughs> no, no, we, 
we, we, we got our platform. Let's, let's right, make it right. work. <laughs> I love Instagram. Um, there's, you know, 7,000, uh, mostly ladies there and 60% American and 40% Canadian with a few Australians. So mm-hmm. definitely a wide range of uh, people. And then we've got our newsletter, you know, and we that goes out weekly. There's two Facebook groups where people can, you know, connect and have the support amongst peers. And so it's just a really great variety of opportunities for people to connect. And I do group coaching weekly with the ladies. And a lot of them will say, this is my time. This is my self-care. I come in and supported. Oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. (laughs) You know, talk about change midlife. I, you know, we're talking about all the things you basically as women. Okay. Sorry for our, our, our guy friends here, but like you go from postpartum to menopause. It's not all that fair in life, okay? (laughs) Women are always up against change. We're up against change by the day or the week based on just our hormones. And so, you know, it's really an interesting conversation that we support each other with. (laughs) Absolutely. Women are playing on hard mode. Men men have it so easy in addition to the biological freedom, if you will. Um, And then also a system that has been disproportionately designed to reinforce male strength. And that's a whole other conversation we can go into. So I I tip my non-existent hat to you, to the community, to women out there who are just uh, getting after it at the highest possible level. And I'm so grateful, again, that you are doing work to coach them, to help them navigate through these difficult periods of change. And towards the end, we'll, we'll go into sort of where people can join the community and keep up with your adventures online. But I realized as a host, I haven't asked you the last two questions in our quick time oh. segment. So the last two questions, Alicia, what is better, or sorry, let me rephrase this. Um, maybe I won't even frame it. I'll just say time or energy. 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 I'm. You know what? With every passing day, I'm I'm of the same same opinion. Yeah. And the last one, the more powerful motivator, love or fear? Love. All day. Team love. Team love. Fantastic. Alicia, yeah. you rocked that. You didn't use a single pass. You answered every question with confidence, with poise. You were able to go deep on all of them. You have set the bar incredibly high for the next guest. Well done. You are you are the reigning champ. Thank of you. The segment. Well, you'll have um, to keep it. Do we get a, a trophy, a belt? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. You get, you get a WWE style belt at yeah, the end okay, of the great. year. End of um, the season, right? It'll be awarded. At the at, at the end of, at the end of the season, it will be awarded. But okay, um, we're still very early in the season, so okay. please, well, you know, future guests take note. Well, if there needs to be a rematch or like you know, <laughs> yeah, to come yeah. on, like <laughs> a, hol- a holiday special Royal Rumble, yeah. we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, Alicia, with with our remaining time, I, I do want to get into the specifics of how you've built up this very sprawling, storied career. Uh, I want to go into the tools, the practices that you have. Our audience is a lot of recent grads, uh, young professionals, new leaders, people going through different transitions in life who are experiencing a whole array of ideas about where they need to go, but might not know how to go about executing them. So I want to start by asking you about some specific apps or tools or resources that have been instrumental in your productivity system. What are some things that you use on a daily basis that help you to get things done? Right. This is interesting. I rage against apps as well. I, there's so many. So, um, or even physical tools for that. No. And I, and I do have those. I'm just thinking if there was any you know, apps that would be helpful for people. So um, I love personality tests and things like that. So I Me love, um, there's some tests on positive intelligence, the Enneagram, yep. uh, Myers-Briggs. I, I like some of these aptitude tests that can really allow us to have a, a deeper introspection in terms of, you know, the things that we're maybe ranking higher or lower on. So I love stuff like that. Um, I also physically just love when we do our own inventory of, you know, competencies, whether they're behavioral or skills. And we likely have, whether we have feedback from peers or professors or um, educators, um, jobs, you know, what are the things that really have, you know, resonated or come up higher or lower as constructive feedback or development opportunities. So I love some of those, you know, just level of awareness things, you know, who am I and you know, what am I really good at? What do I really, um, where do, where's my, my zone of genius? I, yes. I love to be able to live in the top 20, if we can let go of the bottom 20 yep. and manage the rest. 
And yeah. the reason for this is because uh, so much of my burnout in my early years, when I didn't really know who I was, right, and, and what I really effectively brought to a team or any type of um, um, working relationship, I started to do everything, all the right. things, because right. of course we can all figure a way to do. And then sure. I found I was serving everyone and pleasing no one, right? I yes. wasn't crushing it. I wasn't, you know, and I, and I wasn't energized about it. So I love no matter who we are going through whatever age and stage is to be hyper aware of really what is that top, top 20, bottom 20. Absolutely. Um, the Pareto principle, I, right? Right. And I think, I don't know, I don't know about you, but it was really, you know, ingrained in me, you just keep learning. And what I found through my career is I started to really put more emphasis on learning the things I was not good at. Yep. had no desire to become better at. And it wasn't until my later years that I was like, uh, maybe you can't teach an old dog new tricks and I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I just, no. I have no desire to learn these things and they're depleting my energy and my zone of genius is being neglected. I could actually invest in myself at that level and, you know, level up. So these are the things, but I would say in terms of your question, my apologies for digressing. No, no, that, that was perfect. Talking actually. about this stuff. Keep going um, in. I, do believe that uh, productivity in terms of time management and delegation is probably the greatest gift that you can give to yourself in any yeah. area of life, but especially in you know, the working space. I do believe, regardless of the power imbalance we might have in our jobs, that it still is our job to manage other people to manage yes. our employers and our bosses. Because so many times, these are just things that are left unchecked. And we're, we don't know how to have these healthy, you know, conversations around workload and burnout, and wellness and what's going on in life. And I just find that if we can very clearly have our calendar so that we're not existing outside of the available hours in our day, and then being able to very clearly prioritize our time in, according to what actually matters. And that's as simple as it gets. Hey, I have these projects on the docket that you've given me. It's over the amount of hours I have to contribute to them. Can we check in and reprioritize? And every single person in life, whether it's a manager or not, could be in a partnership or a relationship, you can both quickly figure out what we can do away with that right. really doesn't matter. Things that are so, in your control, essentially. Right. And and I and I think that sometimes we really do, again, for all of these stigmas, right, that we absolve our personal accountability, our personal responsibility to our time. Oh, well, I just need to, or I should do this. Or, you know, well, it's my boss needs this, or I'm available now 24-7. And it and it's it's not effective and it's not right. And the other thing is that em employers or partners, whomever you're with, need to know because it's not sustainable. So it no. is going to result in something really detrimental to you and your health. Or on the flip side, if we're talking business, an employer actually doesn't know that it takes three people to do your job. Exactly. And that if there come a time when you need to be replaced, you're doing a disservice to the business. Right. right. All the while you're thinking it's kind of an egotistical, selfish thing, isn't it? To not be aware hmm. or accountable to our time and just to keep serving. This is that toxic yeah. positivity. Oh, I'm yes. serving. I'm such a good work worker bee. I'm, 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 a, I'm doing all the things. No, but yeah. it's actually a disservice. This is true. Right. Like, yeah. Stroking your ego and you're getting all the accolades, but yeah. it's, you know, actually not setting anyone on your team up for success. No, and that's interesting, right? From a workplace martyr perspective, you think you're doing something heroic, but the the organization is still down one person and they're going to have to go through all the trouble of restocking, reshuffling and you know, finding your replacement, but if you've been holding back information about how much work it actually takes, then it becomes that much more difficult and other people have to pick up the slack. That's a really interesting perspective that I've And when never we're talking about it. change and massive change, I mean, we all just need to be in a place where we do have succession planning built in. Life happens, yes. right? And it's not just on the business to do the succession planning. It's for yourself too. And so I just, I, I really hope and believe that through a lot of the work that I'm doing is that, you know, again, 
it's time to be accountable yes. to our time, to the things that we're saying yes to, to the types of things that we're signing up for. And, you know, it's pretty old school, right? That is really, I, I have a calendaring template with time blocks. You mm -hmm. know, I have my values, my goals for the year. I mean, Hamza, you probably know how many people actually do goals. It's oh. like under 10%, right? Yeah. So Less values, goals, and then you've got your task list under those goals. And those quite simply go into my time blocked calendar. And then I'm very, very good at saying no and asking for help. That is a, and sorry, sorry, on the last, I just, I was just thinking about the structure, the hierarchy that you established, values, goals, and then the specific items in your calendar. Mm -hmm. Forgive me, but does, does your business have a branded calendar yet? It does. It's called, okay. and I call it the life map. I got to get one of these, the <laughs> life map. Yeah, because that yeah. I've been thinking about what the connection is between all three of those. And I use a notebook over here, but right now it's just a bunch of tasks. And I don't actually know what they're leading to. I have some vague notion of it, but by structuring them with values up top and then goals that help me to advance certain metrics related to the values and then what I do on a day-to-day -day in terms of where I'm at, this podcast and all the tasks associated with it, they should connect back to a goal, which should connect back to a value. I love yeah. that. It's so important as uh, Tony Robbins, right? He says, you know, the, the only only correlation to happiness is contribution, right? Mm -hmm. Contribution and per, I see contribution as purpose. And so if we don't actually build that into our time management in our actual calendars with that the, the time I give to myself is equally as important to me showing up for my time with you and it's non-negotiable yes. because it drives purpose and contribution. Ooh, I love that. Which, and, by and, the way, is that energy, right? And as you're lifting that, this, and this is the other thing, so many, so much stuff we're talking about can be buzz, right? Yes. The, the whole thing of law of attraction and manifesting, it's not about just saying the thing and that's that. So I'm suggesting we have our values and we say the thing, we have our goals. Sure. But if you're not living actually in the energetic force of what that future thing is, then it doesn't happen. Absolutely. And so the way I see it is you you need to show up and act in that energy to manifest whatever it is that you're trying to manifest. And and you have clearly done that. I mean, Alicia, I can tell having done a number of podcasts, you know, when a guest is, you know, just, you know, I don't like to use the word phoning it in. I don't think any ideas into action guest has ever phoned it in, but there have been some guests that weren't well prepared or were low energy that day, but you have showed up today, like you are ready for the playoffs. I mean- you're radiant, you're quick, you're thoughtful, you're reacting to questions that you haven't experienced before. And I believe that how you do one thing is how you do all things. And you know, I'm very excited to read your book, to become part of the work that you're doing and see this sort of radiant energy uh, radiate out into different parts of the work and, and really understand that there is a signature Alicia Robertson style that, 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 or a spirit that's breathed into everything that you do. I'm curious to know with this specific podcast, and let's use this as a case study, how did you structure your time, your energy, and your attention to show up here today? Because I think you are right now at your productive best. Um, for, for the listeners, what did you do? What are some specific things that you did to show up here at this level? Yeah. So there's a couple things. So, and actually this is a unique uh, time, I usually don't do anything like this on Mondays. Really? Mondays are actually like not great days for me, energetically. Oh my God. We should have done right? this on a Tuesday. I can only imagine this would have been <laughs> doing Tuesday to Wednesday. But having level. said that, I just don't, it's like, Hey, you got up in the day, either go back to bed or crush the day, right? It's how it is. Yes. And so there's a couple of things. One is that I don't even start my day until 10. So my full morning is usually kids off, self-care, which is, and it, and it rotates, whether it's mindfulness, whether it's spinning, right? Self-care. And then I work through my day when I'm at my most productive, which for me is 10 until two. Nice. And then two o'clock I wind up and three o'clock I'm off to pick up the kids. And that is total family time. Nothing is, you know, and then when the kids are in bed, I do all self-care again. So I have loads. So you know when we were talking about this so balance, good. I've come yep. to learn and the practice I have because I, I do run high, as you <laughs> mentioned, 
is that I, I, I need a lot of down. So I, I run high. And so I equip myself with really meaningful downtime. I go to bed early. I go to bed by 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to feel really guilty doing all of the things I just mentioned to you, right? I came from a work environment that was in the office by eight. So my workout had to be done at six. I barely could do an effective workout because it's just not where my energy is. And, um, you know, I, I remember when the Metro came out with 24 hour grocery shopping for me, <laughs> it was like, yes, I can grocery yes. shop at two 30 in the morning because that's where I have time. This was yeah. all such bullshit and such like, this is the burnout. Sure. This is the depletion. So I am very, you know, and then Tuesday through Thursday are my best days. That's when I am like aim to be right on it. And Mondays and Fridays, I just really try and do more administrative things, project things, things that I can get into some catch up days. So I'm just very, you know, specific with my time and my energy. And then leading into this podcast, I have a playlist and I even so have a good. playlist. I can, I'll, I can Luminaires, show you. So I, right, I, right had, I had a commissioned <laughs> piece of art that was done to my playlist uh, and that art man is in my office. I mean, living in color, right? You just, yep. the art is in my Vision office, so, right? The visual. So when I come in here, I ground in and I have sage. My preference is sage. Yep. Same and here, so man. I am like, and I meditate <laughs> and I do my Exercise like safety spirits, yeah. and protection. <laughs> and so I am man. very grounded. And I, uh, and what I come into this conversation with is that may I serve at my highest potential. And I am so grateful for this opportunity and this experience and that I call in my entire team, my universe, right? All of it, every spiritual connection that I know safely supports me through this experience to help me to absolutely serve at my highest potential. And so when that happens, Hamza, it's less about preparation. It's more about being in flow. I'm just feel like I'm downloading. Alicia, I mean, I'm, as a fellow author and speaker, I'm surprisingly at a loss for words here. <laughs> you you mentioned that many of the participants of your community, um, they one of the feelings they have is I'm not crazy. They feel validated. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling very validated right now knowing that I'm not alone, that there is somebody else who's operating at this frequency. I used to be in one camp, which is there's no such thing as, you know, the the woo-woo that comes from spirituality, mysticism, the universe, energy, that's all BS. There's only a very technical way to structure your time, energy, detention, get things done. Sure enough, I burned out and I went through a journey and I had to emerge on the other side being like, hold on, this is much bigger than me. And I went on this sprawling journey that saw me experience a whole host of things that we can uncover in other podcasts. But I then became a firm believer that there is a cosmic design, that there are energies that we can tap into, ways of being and frequencies that might not make sense to somebody like who I was before. And I've been trying to find a way to reconcile both of them. How can we merge these two disciplines? And it's so clear that you are doing that every single day. The perfect balance of it's bigger than us, but we can control it and bring it into the present and get things done here and now and design a future for ourselves in accordance with our maybe cosmic plan. Yeah, I oh totally my goodness. love that. I, I too have, that's precisely the journey I've been on. And for myself as a woman navigating the world with such an incredible amount of masculine energy and masculine sure. potential and, and you know checking all those boxes in terms of professionally, Um, I've really, I have found it really hard sometimes to really just allow for my divine femininity to be and to come into existence. And so this is the balance that I require to really channel both of those energy sources for myself. Um, because it, it, it's, it's neither one or the other, right. For all of us. And I, I use those words because that's where I'm at in my journey in terms of tapping into those sides of my personality and energy. But yeah, I always thought as well that it had to be one way. Yep. And in order to be this type of person doing this type of things, it had to be this. And I actually really believe I went through um, fertility treatment with our first child. Okay. And I actually believe I had programmed myself so much to run in such a way that my body didn't know how to do feminine things. 
Interesting. Because I absolutely did conceive my second child without the support of a fertil- fertility world. Right? So I'm wondering if maybe you might have internalized this world, a uh, hyper-masculine world, a, a world that separates the self from nature, and that was sort of manifesting inside of you. Maybe didn't not knowing what to do with the miracle that is life. Totally. And having all these apprehensions, you know, talk about change. Do I have children? How do I have children when I've built this extremely awesome profession and career and I've worked so hard to get here? And how do I balance that with bringing life into existence, the miracle of life, and then wanting to be a really involved mom and caregiver? It was just such these two dichotomies. I could not get my head wrapped around. I really... I still to this day struggle with and work on this all or nothing mentality, right? <laughs> it I, can be both. <laughs> yes. But I just, it's, and I practice and. Yes, and the genius of and versus right? the tyranny of Ray was like, I remember right there, I was saying, we have to get you out of the black and white and more into the gray. Yes. I, you couldn't have said a more scary thing to me ever in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Alicia, I, I, I could keep going, but uh, I, I know that uh, you've got a really busy day ahead of you. There, there's so much that needs to get done. There's, there's other audiences out there who need your love, who need your kindness, who need your gifts. How can I, how can the listeners, how can this community keep up with your adventures? What are, what are the best ways to, well, before I ask that, what's, what's next for you, actually? We know where the story is going to end. It's going to end with this grand Lifetime Achievement Award ceremony in which the host whoever you'd like it to be is just describing you as kind as one of your leading values. But what are the next few stops on this career journey that's going to take you there? Well, I am really inspired to continue to serve people that are going through separation and divorce, but to be able to take the Lemonade Life brand as lifestyle in all the categories for all the transition and change that we navigate in life. Separation and divorce is one of them, co-parenting, but it could be dating, midlife transformation, career succession and planning. I mean, life is life. I want to meet people sort of like, you know, a glass of wine and a Forbes article and your BFF and talk real talk and be able to support people in with whatever matters to them right now and be able to, because we all go through it. We're all going through all of these very similar changes. And if not, we can absolutely drop in and that I remember when I like feeling the same way you're feeling, though my experience might be different than yours. So I believe we can connect in that space. And so I want this community to be for all people navigating all of life with greater sense of meaning and purpose, and that they're able to really just have the contribution that they want. Yeah. Brilliant. And and where can people join this community and what are some uh, platforms and, and what are the handles where people can keep up with you online? So my favorite is Instagram at Lemonade Life yep. Coach. I'm also available on Facebook there. And I love to connect with people directly, as you can tell. Connection, one of my core values. So never hesitate to email me at connect at lemonadelife.ca. And my website is lemonadelife.ca. And I love to be in conversation. I love to be in real time with people. So reach out. Fantastic. And, and it's so clear. We, we ask all our guests at the end of the conversation to pay it forward, to pass on a piece of advice that they have received from one of their mentors or their personal board of directors that has influenced their success. So if you could shout out somebody and the piece of advice that they've given and provide that with our audience, that would be a perfect way to sign off. Wow, you are making me think. I, um, I, I guess what's coming to me, two things come to me. Isn't that funny? What comes to you? Um, well, one is that the, the toes you step on today is the ass you kiss tomorrow. Wow. (laughs) Man. Right. So, and, and by the Ah, way, this is perfect for change and even career change, (laughs) you know, make sure that we might not be feeling, uh, uh, friend, like as we're friends or that, you know, there's a lot of tumultuous and a lot of feelings coming up, but we can always act with kindness. We can always act friendly as we're going through any change, even 
the tough stuff. And that has carried me through a lot because sometimes you'd really like to act in a very different way. Yep. And the other one is when, when someone shows themselves to you, believe it. I love that. Fantastic, fantastic pieces of advice that you've paid forward to our community. Alicia, thank you so much for being a guest, an incredible guest on Ideas Into Action. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks. Wow. I mean, I am I am practically buzzing right now. I'm I'm feeling the electricity course through my entire body. I'm very excited about the journey that we've been on thus far and the one that we're con- going to continue to go on. Uh, Alicia Robertson, this episode has been a catalyst for this journey. Um, I know it has been an imperfect journey thus far, especially since we've rebooted the season out of nowhere and we just didn't even explain where we were during this hiatus, but we got right back into it. And with the help of our last few guests, we've been finding our voice again. We've been bringing this community together around productivity, passion, purpose, and play. And Alicia gifted us with the language to describe this very messy, chaotic journey. It's perfectly imperfect. It's imperfectly perfect. So let's continue in this spirit. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please like, subscribe, share, leave us uh, all of the stars wherever you're listening to this podcast, and we'll see you very soon. Thank you, and we're out.